It's one of the more famous stories Jesus tells. Certainly in the top two. There's a man who has two sons. The younger one goes to his father and asks for his share of the family estate, i.e. what he would inherit when his dad died. But he wants it now. And I'm sure it would have been heartbreaking for his father. It would have scandalised those listening to Jesus here that the father did what the son asked. Pretty soon afterwards, the son gathers up his possessions and leaves home. He gets as far away as possible and has a wild old time spending his inheritance. But the money runs out. And at just that time, there's a major famine in the land. There's a massive economic crash and basically no one is hiring. He eventually finds himself a job feeding pigs, which wouldn't have gone down well with a Jewish audience, as you can imagine. He was starving. But his boss wasn't the nicest. He wouldn't even let him have some of the pig swill. One day, the lad's feeding the pigs when he realises this is rock bottom. And he reaches a decision. Back home, his father has servants who are living far better than this. He'd be better off going there. So he sets off. He even has a little sorry speech prepared. But he's still a long way off when the father spots him. It seems the father's been waiting since basically the day the son left home. He's been looking out for him all that time. And the father runs along the road to greet him. Not something any self-respecting Jewish father would do. Especially for a son who behaved like this. The son starts his little speech, but the father's having none of it. He's organising a party for the whole community. He's giving him the family ring, reclothing the ragged boy. And getting ready to celebrate because this son, who for all the father knew was dead, is now alive again. The party gets in full swing when the elder brother arrives home from a day out working on the estate. He hears a party and asks what's going on. And when he finds out, he is livid. He refuses to go to the party. So the father goes out to him. The son lets off some steam. How could you do this? That son of yours has taken what he could and he's wasted it with hookers. I've been good and loyal all my life and you never threw a party for me. The father says, my son... You're always with me and everything I have is yours. Basically, if you wanted a fatted calf, you could have one any time. But we've got to celebrate this. Your brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. And that's how the story ends. Some questions. Was the younger brother grateful? Did he remember how foolish he'd been and never make the same mistake again? Or did he wait till he was back on his feet when the economy in far, far away land improved and 
set off again. Did the elder brother come to his senses? Did he say, oh yes, sorry dad, I've never looked at it like that before. I'm such an idiot. Did he go and join the party? Did they all muck along together? Did they eventually run the family business together? The answer to all of those questions is we just don't know. The father spent pretty much the entire story waiting for the younger son to come home, then for the elder brother to make up his mind whether to accept the younger brother back and come to the party. In fact, the story ends outside with the father waiting. He's waiting for a decision from the elder brother. We've talked a lot about waiting these last few weeks. The waiting of an Old Testament people for a promised saviour. The wilds waiting for the renewal, restoration or reconciliation of all things. Our own waiting for God to come to us in our struggles. But running all the way through it all is another kind of waiting. God's waiting for us. The family in this story are a right dysfunctional lot. The father loves both his sons so much, but neither really has that healthy a relationship with them. One can't get far enough away, and even the one who stays at home does so begrudgingly. And he's no real sense of just how loved and blessed he is. And the father so longs for them both to live in healthy relationship with him. But he knows it can't be forced. So he doesn't try to force it. He waits. And he waits. And he waits. I don't know if you picked up on it because it's quite cryptic but you know the father character in that story he's God he wants us to live in relationship with him he wants us ultimately to come to the kind of relationship I spoke about yesterday a relationship of trust that knows when we come to the end of ourselves God will be there for us and hasn't forgotten us to know just how much we have loved but he won't force it. And it's easy to focus on those who are far from God. The younger sons in the far country. But you know, maybe in church circles, more of us are like the elder brother. We've thought of ourselves as good and faithful. But actually, if we're honest, we can be quite begrudging about our relationship with God. We might even be a little bit jealous of our kid who had the guts to do what he did. And we don't realise just how much we're loved. We take it for granted. We've heard it week in, week out for years. Year after year we have gone to Bethlehem and heard stories of virgins, carpenters, shepherds, wise men, mad kings and a little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. 
we could probably tell it backwards without looking at a script once. But it's a story of a God who gives absolutely everything he's got to be with us, to draw us into relationship with him. And some of us may be way off in the far country. Some of us may never have strayed too far from home. But wherever we are, God wants to lavish his love on us. But he won't force it. He waits for our response. And he waits. And he waits. And he waits. Grace and peace to you. Have a blessed weekend.